Welcome back to Forbidden Knowledge News. I'm your host, Chris Matthew. Today, my guest is David Whitehead. First, a couple of announcements. Forbidden Knowledge News is always available on Rockfin, Minds, Odyssey, Rumble, and all podcast platforms. Check out Rockfin. That's where you get our premium content and all the premium and free content from every creator on Rockfin. Go to rockfin.com slash FKN plus or click the link in the description to sign up. Check out our website, ForbiddenKnowledge.news. It's the home of the Forbidden Knowledge Network. We feature amazing podcasts from our community. And we are super excited to introduce you to Ascent Nutrition, founded by my good friend Lance Shuttler. Ascent Nutrition has an amazing new product, Pine Pollen. Last year, several prominent scientists started speaking about the power of pine trees and the benefits they can offer. Ascent Nutrition offers raw, wild-crafted pine pollen. Now, pine pollen contains 200 nutrients in it, which makes it a true superfood. It is nature's highest source of phytohormones, and those support hormone and libido health for men and women. It also supports brain health, detoxification, as well as many facets of cardiovascular health. This product, Pine Pollen, is selling super fast, so get it while you can. Ascent Nutrition is on a mission to offer deeply transformative and helpful nutrients to as many people as possible and help bring about a great collective shift in human consciousness and health. A portion of profits are also donated to holistic healing programs and selected rape crisis centers that help people who have been trafficked, raped, and sexually abused. To order your pine pollen today, use the link in the description or visit GoAscentNutrition.com and be sure to use coupon code FKN and get yourself 10% off the entire purchase. Today I want to welcome back to the show David Whitehead. He is a full-time podcaster, martial artist, coach, entrepreneur, and public speaker with a lifetime of study and interest in esoteric information, philosophy, comparative religion, and mythology, as well as ancient and modern mysteries, paranormal, and current geopolitical events. David, welcome back. How you doing? Hey, how's it going, guys? Great to be here. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, man. And co-hosting with us today is Ryder Lee from Raised by Giants. Ryder, what's up? What's going on, Chris and David? Good to see you guys. Uh, Happy to be here. Uh, Excited for the conversation here tonight. Yes, sir. This is going to be a good one. Well, David, it's great to have you back. It's been way too long. I think it's been like almost two years, and we're living in a much different world for sure uh, since we last spoke, and we got a lot to discuss. And I know you've got some amazing projects in the works, uh, especially it's good that uh, you're doing these things during these critical times that we're living in. It's very important, the topics that you're covering, uh, especially when it comes to our medical and pharmaceutical industries, uh, which is pretty obvious obvious the problems with that now um but since it's been so long since you've been on could you remind the audience a little bit about yourself and what brought you down your path sure well uh, i've been doing i guess you could just say my own personal research for for many years into these kind of subjects i just always had a curious mind didn't buy what the media was selling had lots of questions as a kid that you know didn't seem to be uh, answered in my opinion. So I just went on my own quest, just trying to read different books, learn about the world. Um, and it turned into a public show and that's what truth warrior is. And I, that's the name of my podcast. I, uh, host a podcast every week 
uh, that I put out, you know, interviewing different guests and sometimes putting together presentations, just trying to share the information that I have. And uh, then I've also been working hard on this new documentary series called Cult of the Medics, which is basically a deep look into the occult history of the medical industrial complex. Uh, it's kind of a unique take on it, I think. And it's a compilation of research and interviews that I've been doing for probably the last 18 years or so, just looking into the history of this medical system. And there's a lot of other subjects that dovetail into it. So I'm just sort of a guy that's out there on a quest for truth. Um, I don't claim to always have it, but I think all of us are just curious about, first of all, you know, on the philosophical level, who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? You know, the big questions of life. And then that turns into, you know, what's really going on on this crazy planet that we live on. And that's the kind of subjects that I've always been interested in, just always wanted to know what's going on. And I didn't know that it would become so relevant. It was just sort of a, a vocational hobby, if you will. Um, as I was doing all this research and all this public work, I was also running a business with my wife. We ran a martial arts and fitness facility for many years, which got shut down uh, during the pandemic. And it drove me to do this work full time. And now I really enjoy what I do. And um, I'm just trying to put you know, good information out there, get people thinking, and uh, hopefully try to make an impact and get people to think for themselves and learn what's really happening. And uh, I think if we put these puzzle pieces together, we can come up with some good solutions for all the challenges we're facing right now. For sure, man. And it's so awesome to see all the people that are in this community that kind of took off on their own paths after COVID, after the pandemic started. It kind of lit this spark in a lot of people. And just even like myself, I was able to quit a day job that I hated working for years. And now I'm podcasting full time. So it's it's a very it's a it's Good a man. great time for that. It's a very interesting and fascinating time, even though it's terrifying at the same time. Um, now, going back to 2020. If you look back at the series of events that happened, did you ever think that it would have progressed as quickly and as insanely as it has when you when we first started seeing, you know, COVID agendas? Well, I yeah, I think I've been surprised just like everybody else to see how long this thing stuck, how how effective the propaganda was, the fear and everything else. Uh, we're learning a lot about humanity right now. We're learning a lot about ourselves. We're learning a lot about human psychology, our motivations. Um and, and all these different things, our fears, we're, we're seeing sort of the, the worst of humanity, but also the best of humanity coming out at this time. And that's what's really cool about all of this is uh, we live in literally the most exciting time to be alive, even though it's also a, a horror show. And it's as if we needed this level of challenge in order to keep this awakening process going in, in everybody. And now more people than ever are coming to shows like this and wanting to hear a different side. They're realizing the media cannot be trusted um, and that they have to start thinking for themselves. And now we're in the age of citizen journalism, which is, is what we do. You know, we go out there and we try to look at the, the facts and the aspects that the media won't cover. And I think that's really valuable. And so, so many good things have come out of this experience, in my opinion, even though so many horrible things have happened as well. It's just weird how that's what it takes, right? Yeah. It takes it takes a great crisis to even on a personal level. I can think of my own life. It was personal crisis that motivated me to go and do these other things, right, in my life and to enhance my life. And so I think humanity has to go through that because we were asleep. We were put under the spell. You know, we people just want to go along to get along with their lives. I totally understand that. 
but we are dealing with great evil in the world, a criminality, corruption, tyranny uh, to levels that I think many people couldn't have imagined. So there's definitely been a lot of surprises in this where you know I kind of knew after researching these subjects for so long that something big was going to be coming our way. We just didn't know what it was going to look like. And here we are. And um, even I've been surprised on all the twists and turns. And it absolutely has been like a horror, comedy, thriller. Yeah. Everything all rolled into one, hasn't it? Yeah. Now, speaking of uh, surprises and uh just crazy situations. We always look at Canada, at least I used to, as like, you know, the friendly brother to America that, you know, oh, come on over to Canada. We love everybody. But uh, that perception has changed drastically since everything has been happening. And you're in Canada. Uh, have things actually gotten any better uh, for, for you guys out there recently? Well, uh, not in terms of being able to overthrow this you know, takeover of our country that we've been watching in sort of slow motion. Uh, and, but at the same time, we've also, because we had recently, I'm sure you guys followed what was going on with these trucker convoys in Canada. Mm. In my opinion, the positive that came out of that was that it showed all of Canada that uh, there were so many people like myself who thought we were just this very small fringe minority as Trudeau would like to label us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then you found out, Oh, I guess it, it isn't true. Cause we had over 11 million Canadians show up all over the country waving their flags and, and, and basically uniting under the banner of freedom. Even if people didn't agree on every issue, it brought people, this whole thing brought people to the perspective that something really bad is going on in our government right now. Um, they're completely destroying our economy. Uh, we're really just watching the same thing happen in Canada as we're seeing all over the world. Cause of course this is a global situation, but it's uh, it's the positive that I've drawn out of it is that now people in Canada know they're not the only ones um, I think the actions that the government took during this past two years and also during that trucker convoy has also woken up way more people uh, than would have woken up because they got to witness and experience firsthand the level of tyranny and overreach that this government was willing to go to to protect their narrative, which is crumbling apart at the seams and everybody can see it, at least everybody that's been paying attention. So that's a positive. Uh, the other positive is that uh, we're seeing that the ratings for our media, our major media in Canada is dropping um, at an exponential rate. And uh, it's because all of them came into a complete alignment with the narrative and were basically attacking anybody that was speaking out, including doctors and, and scientists within Canada, as well as political activists and lawyers, et cetera, that were trying to um, bring these types of questions to a legal setting, they all got totally, uh, what would you say, they got attacked and smeared and, and, and censored. And I think that's another thing, all this censorship and shadow banning and all this fact checking, what nonsense all over the social media has also woken up a lot of people because they're seeing that it's biased. They're seeing that there's an agenda behind it. Um, the fact that our economy is just absolutely in shambles. The housing market is through the roof. Um, you know, under the watch of these people that promised Canadians that they were going to change that. And yet it's just been getting worse and worse, just as you've seen in America with Sleepy Joe, you know, you can just easily compare gas prices and, you know, you can understand what's going on. And so there's a feeling in Canada right now that there is an actual uh, purposeful destruction of what Canadians grew up knowing Canada to be. And everybody's nobody's sure on how or why, but we know something's wrong. And we're just wondering, well, what are they going to replace it with? 
well, we, we know now that um, this was a global agenda. This is something to do with this great reset. And there's a, this is an attack on all of our economies, all of our lives, essentially. And uh, we can feel it. And peop- the, the feeling in Canada now is that we have to rise up and, and deal with this and uh, do it in a, in a way that's going to be effective. So the truckers kind of got rounded up, um, although I think they made some great successes. And then everybody kind of went back, you know, licked their wounds, took a good perspective. Uh, it broke out into mostly like little small community groups all over Canada that were just getting together, sharing information, sharing resources, learning from each other. And now it's uh, evolved into we've got this thing called Rolling Thunder going on, where it's bikers for freedom have, have been driving into Ottawa and, and taking the torch. And I think it's just going to keep going in waves because uh, Canada's had enough. Uh, nobody wants any violence. Nobody wants anything like that. But we're absolutely sh- sick and tired of having our country turned into Venezuela by this uh, tyrannical regime that I think was installed by uh, globalists uh, working outside of the best interests of the country. You said something really important there, David, that this whole narrative is is crumbling, right? So in your perspective, how much longer do you think that they can keep this up, right? Because I'm seeing everything else going on in the world as distractions, right? The, the Ukraine war completely destroyed COVID. It took it off of the media. And then now the SCOTUS leak is taking off the Ukraine war, right? But it's all distracting you from the underlying issue that the majority of the population basically did nothing with their lives for two years. You know what I mean? Like everything was destroyed on their end, you know? So it's like, how much longer can they, can they keep up this whole uh, COVID narrative? And I think they, if they keep doing the distraction thing, like they've been doing, then, then they can completely shift the perception of everybody from the past two two years you know what i mean so that they can just keep the underlying issue always there in the foreground of everyone's mind i don't know if that makes sense yeah it does it does and it's a good question um and actually the fact that you've asked me gives me hope because what's interesting is i go on a lot of shows i talk to a lot of people and we're all having the same conversation which means that we're all growing an awareness about how this game is played and that's a good thing because i've been in this game a while and I've never seen the amount of people that we see now that know how this game works. Like, it's one thing to recognize an individual element of propaganda or an event, you know, like COVID or any of these other things as being ice, an isolated incident of corruption and scientific fraud and whatever else, right? But for people to now be grasping that all of these things that we're witnessing are all tied together to the same interests, the same people, the same money, the same, all you got to do is follow the money and it all starts to make sense. And then you keep going beyond that and you realize that it's not even just about the money. That's just the the entry level. Um, And so what I'm excited to see is people are now realizing these things are being put out there to divert your attention uh, away from something. And then what is that something? Uh, Some people might have their own ideas, but I think you're right. They're trying to divert attention away from themselves, actually, because I think the spotlight is shining on these these tyrants and these this deep state or whatever you want to call it. Um, The the light is shining on because all the public is sitting there going, 
none of this is making any sense. You know, like even all the elements of Ukraine that just didn't make sense, uh, all the elements of COVID that didn't make sense, all the elements of the election that didn't make sense. And I think that election fraud situation you guys are dealing with in the States is happening all over the Western world, right? This is how they play. And the, so people are seeing the game is rigged, just like George Carlin warned us, as many others did. Um, and so then you, we're all starting to watch this as if we're watching a, a chess match or something where we're realizing that um, every time, like, here's a good example. Pfizer just had to dump another batch of their files. And let's not forget the history of how this came to be. Pfizer didn't want to show the world all of their own internal data that they had on their own vaccine, quote unquote. Um, and they didn't want to show you until like 2085 or something like that, which to me really just says everything, doesn't it? Um, and, and so now that they've been forced to give this information over a period of eight months since that order was put in place, even the first drop of, from Pfizer, uh, which was showing like nine pages of side effects, et cetera, um, you know, and on and on. And then now this next dump is showing that they, their own internal numbers only showed about 12% on average, 12% efficacy. Uh, yet the wor- and, and they also show that there's a significant risk of injury and there's no long-term data on safety. Um, and they're dealing with a totally new type of technology and they want to inject into children. And this company has legal immunity from prosecution. Um, it's, it's, a big, it's a big criminal scam is what I think. And yet people are starting to see through that. So right as that drops and right as Dinesh D'Souza's new film, 2000 Mules, is starting to come out, all of a sudden we get a, Co- a SCOTUS thing, a weird SCOTUS, oh, there's a leak and they're going to get rid of Roe v. Wade. And, and so it's like, okay, someone's trying to distract attention here or rile up, rile up the sort of malcontents in society that people that, you know, get them on the streets, just like they did in the summer of 2020, don't forget, um, where they had the mostly peaceful burning down of these cities. And they did stuff like that in Canada too, by the way. Um, they, want to, they want you to forget because they know human attention span, because they've been ruling that through the media for so long, the human attention span is like akin to a goldfish attention span where we, we can't, we forget so easily. So I feel like my job and jobs of people that are doing shows is to constantly keep reminding people the trajectory of all the things that happened to keep that in their mind so that they're not going to fall so easily for these, these distractions. Um, there's also the possibility of there, there's a bit of a game going on at the top where there are there are true patriots, there are true people that are trying to fight back from within these systems, from within the government. Uh, there are people in Canada that I know that are are working to try to fight from within these police associations, the bar, the the government, etc. And so you start to wonder: Is there sort of a chess game going on between the group that came in and were embedded into our institutions and planted there? Um, and then the people that were genuinely in those positions trying to work on the best interests of the people in the country. And is there sort of a game happening between those two groups? And then there's all of us, the people that are awakening and trying to alert everybody and research and figure out what's going on. And I think all that pressure is really starting to make these guys sweat, especially um, the things that are happening that are really weird. You know, Trump came out and started Truth Social. And then shortly thereafter, Elon Musk goes in and buys Twitter. Um, and just interesting things that are kind of not supposed to be happening are happening. And my hope is that those kind of things are going to turn the tide in this information war where we can actually have 
better platforms to communicate this information because of course we've all been getting banned from all the the mainstream socialist media platforms that's what i call them and yet here we are turning that around so um how long can this stand up i think it's crumbling apart i think it's already crumbled apart the whole narrative it's just that they created a fan base uh this 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 whole thing created a sort of i've, I've likened it to a cult they created a cult out of this covid thing these people are experts at how to do that and now we're just watching that number dwindle of those people who were like died in the flesh. I believe everything Anthony Fauci tells me or Dr. Tam. And now they're starting to go, wait a minute, they're contradicting themselves like every other day. And so in a way, we're all witnessing this happen and we have to witness it. And during that process, we're going to hit a critical mass at a certain point where people are just going to be totally fed up and that's when that system falls because the truth here guys is that we hold this tyranny together with our ignorance and our apathy so the moment we start pulling our support away from that mainstream media that's been lying through their teeth and our paid agents that work on behalf of the people that are trying to enslave our countries and loot our economies um, and they're switching over to alternative media or independent media or becoming researchers and journalists themselves trying to figure things out and we're seeing it in, we saw this happen with the food industry where people stopped buying a lot of this toxic food and it created a whole alternative, you know, healthy organic food movement. We're seeing that happen in, um, oh my God, so there's just so many areas. Are, are, it's because you can't, you can try to hide the truth. You can try to suppress it. You can try to fact check it and classify it as terrorism all you want, but the truth always shines through at the end of the day. And and even if people buy into a lie, eventually it doesn't take anymore because their own life experience contradicts what these people are telling us. And so I get, I just tell people, hey, don't fret about the fact that we see all this stuff going on because in the long game here, and this is a long game, this is going to work out well because these people, if they are what we're saying they are, will continue to expose themselves by simply being themselves. Like if I think of Trudeau, uh, this guy has been his own worst enemy, as has Biden. In my opinion, Joe Biden has woken up more Americans than Trump ever did or, or in any alternative, Alex Jones ever. I think witnessing them do these things and contradict themselves and make stuff up and, sh and shuffle their feet and get all sweaty when real questions are asked to them. Um, and then you see all these scandals coming out and everything. I think we just got to keep letting these guys be themselves, keep the cameras rolling, document everything. And they are going to undo themselves. And that's been something that um, I, I also do a, a, a premium show with my good friend, Michael Tessarian from Ireland. And he's, he's been a researcher for a long time. And uh, we've just been talking about the dynamics of how this works and how there, when you look at the way evil works or tyranny or criminality is that you're dealing with a level of like psychopathy that is self-destructive. So that that end only ends in destruction. If you go down that path, you know, a lie will destroy you in the end, right? Like that's the old thing. So we've looked at it philosophically and we've went, well, if you just look at the long game, if we just actually let them, like we obviously want to stop them and expose them, but if we just kind of let the cameras roll on them, the more that their lie falls apart, the more they have to lie to cover up the fact that their lie is falling apart and the more sloppy they're going to get with that process. And if we're there catching them every way and showing the public, here's the real footage, here's the whole, here's the whole question period, here's the whole thing, 
then um, it's actually working against them. So I actually believe they're in a downward spiral right now, these people. Uh, they're going to be desperate, which makes them dangerous, 100%. But uh, it's a point for our side because uh, the truth ultimately will be their undoing. And as long as we can help deprogram all of that programming that went through the public mind through this past two years and, and before, then um, we can get people to watch the real story of what's going on. And then they're going to look and go, yeah, that Macron in France, man, he's, he's really changing his mind. He's, he's contradicting himself. He's, he's really going, taking the gloves off. Uh, that Trudeau over there, you know, he, he doesn't mind sending in the stormtroopers to trample a bunch of women and children. That's really showing who he really is. And that wakes people up. And now they're going to go, wait a minute. Yeah. If they lied about that, what else have they lied about? And then it just, that's how we all woke up, isn't it? Right. Yeah, it's uh, getting through the programming is difficult, too, and also getting through the, the traumatization that's happened to the people, because that's another way that it's a psychological operation. They collectively traumatize a population, mm -hmm. then they can plant whatever they want into the minds of people, just like they can put a word up there like COVID, you know, and that's how they get everyone back on the track. It works the same exact way as terrorism. You just mentioned terrorism yeah. uh, a little bit ago. It's uh, It equates to the exact same thing. 9-11 was a tr traumatic event, right? And then they equated that event to terrorism. So all they had to do was flash on the, on the media and on the TV terrorism, and then that gets everybody in an uproar. And that's exactly what they're doing with COVID. They're creating all these distractions just like they're doing. And then after the distractions over, all they have to do is flip back to COVID. They just pop COVID all. Yeah. Uh, 2000 people have died this week from, from COVID or this many infections or this many people's in the hospital. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's a funny, my favorite memes this whole time have been the Dr. Evil ones where he's like, they figured out that, you know, this was fraud over here. So bring in Ukraine or, you know what I mean? They're, they're really good. Cause that's what it is. It's just swap, hit the button on the switchboard and if they can keep you jumping, if they can keep you scared and they can keep tugging at your inner anxiety about all of this, then they can rope you in because they know that fear uh, is what is going to drive you, you know, and, and going to motivate you to turn off your own logical thinking. Right. And so it doesn't really matter what it is. They can, they can come up with any kind of threat and put it in front of you as if it's the next doomsday thing. And then what happens? The public goes, well, save me from this scary thing. And then they go, okay, just donate here and vote here and do this and do and follow these rules. And then we'll take care of you. And it, it creates the illusion that the state is now like your mom or your dad or your parent that cares about you and is nurturing you. And if you have a whole population of people that are, um, you know, in lacking, lacking internally, you know, having what real sovereignty is and what it is to everybody's in sort of this arrested development state, not everybody, but I mean, I'm talking about the general masses, uh, then they get to fill that void saying, we're going to be the shepherd through the dark times. We're going to be there to help because we care about you. We love you. There's so many elements of George Orwell's 1984 in the way that they communicate. And, um, you know, so it's, it's just, it's incredible to sit back and watch it. But uh, I tell people, I'm not an op I'm not a pessimistic person. I don't come from that black pilled camp of thinking these guys are just so powerful. They're invincible. There's nothing we could do. Um, I believe that if you look at the trends of history, it's always been small, few groups of people that have turned the tide against these tyrants in past times that have changed the, that. You know, that's how America was created, you know, less than what was it, less than 3% of American men rose up and fought the British empire where everybody else called them crazy. Right. And, you know, 
yes, they came, the, the, that empire came in and infiltrated the institutions over a slow, long march through the institutions. But the moments of victory for humanity and for truth and for freedom that have happened have happened because of small groups of motivated, passionate individuals that were trying to b- build the freedom off of the premise of truth. And uh, that's what we see happening right now. Who, what do you think this is? It's, it's once again, we see the champions rising up. People like what you guys are doing, what I'm doing, what all these great people are doing, the whistleblowers that are coming out from every industry to tell their story, uh, the, the people that are realizing, oh my God, we've been lied to and my job is to go and tell people that and, and explain that to people. Those, that's your small group. So even though they're going to try to say, well, you guys are just a small little group and, 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 and it, that somehow proves that you're, wrong, you're on the wrong side of history, uh, they don't know history. It's always been the few against the many. It's always been the one against the, the tyrant. And I think we're all kind of going on our own little individual hero's journey right now, you know, to kind of quote like a, like a metaphysical thing where we all are having to activate that warrior archetype, that, that sage-like archetype where we're, um, we're, we, we are motivated to go and learn these things and figure it out and track it and, and communicate it and fight back and, and do what we can to, to not just sit back and take this. And so my message has always been, I'm not trying to tell people this information to scare them away. I'm here to tell you the warnings of what we're dealing with. I believe we're fighting against uh, some of the most dark evil that we've ever really come to face with. I think this is the big battle of all of it. They're putting all their marbles into this uh, event right now. And yet in a weird way, what does that do? It calls out your greatness and so if you answer that call and more people answer that call, these guys have no chance. And I know that because if they could just take everything over and they were just totally omniscient and all powerful, they would have already done to us what they've planned to do for decades. They would have already uh, wiped most of us out and put us in concentration camps and they would have already done these things. But the fact that they can't, these guys can't even shut down Guantanamo Bay. So that's interesting to me. So that just means, hey, evil's not the only show in town. The bad guys aren't the only force at work here. And if we all just activate our inner warrior, these guys have zero chance of winning this. You're right. It's uh, it's all an illusion, man. All an illusion. I want to uh, want to get to your documentary because this is really important. Uh, the work you're doing with this docu series. Uh, if you, you if any of these topics that we speak about here. Um, at surface level, no matter what we're talking about, the deeper you go, uh, I've come to know that all roads lead to the occult. And it's no different than our medical and pharmaceutical industry. Uh, the, it, there's some deep, dark practices at the roots of almost everything when you look deep enough. Uh, so where where should we start with your documentary? First, give us a, 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 a synopsis of it. Sure. Yeah. Really good statements there. Um, well, this, just to say it, I was originally supposed to release this series in about 2018. That's when I had, I'd kind of written it up. I'd collected this research on, you know, the pharma, the medical system, the ancient occult aspect, the pharmacia thing. I kind of had all that, but something told me to wait. And I'm really glad I did because the pandemic happened and all it did was just bolster my thesis here. So it was like, okay, what would it be like to do this series that I had planned, you know, telling people this story uh, it, 
with playing off of current events of what's happening because that kind of proves it, right? So that's what the series ends up being. And I've got seven chapters out right now. People can watch it for free. Uh, I put it out for free. You can even download the MP4 and put it up wherever you want or slice and dice it and share it with your friends. Um, I'm trying to create tools that, you know, not everybody can sit through a two, three, four hour podcast, which is how I used to do these kind of presentations. And people got really into the whole Netflix documentary series thing with all the true crime stuff. Um, and I'm a fan of the true crime field, learning about that. And so I thought, well, why not do that? It, it might work. So that's what it is. And um, I, uh, I thought about it as being, let's start with the modern, you know, what people are usually familiar with when they're hearing about this big pharma and the, and the fraud and the, all, the, all the different uh, criminal fines these, these pharmaceutical companies have had to pay for doing horrible things, you know, experimenting on children and, and, you know, just the death and destruction that lies in the wake of this industry. And what I started to do is the more I looked into that aspect, I realized that when people talk about like the military industrial complex, like what Eisenhower was warning about, that's one branch of the tree. And of all the wars that have happened since, say, World War I, when you add up the body counts and then you compare it to the body counts of the victims of this pharmaceutical industry, it actually doesn't even hold a flame. And that to me is incredible. And then I went, wow, so this medical system really has some, some power if they're able to cause that much destruction and still be in business and actually be in business to the point where I believe the pharmaceutical industry is one of the most powerful machines on this planet. And it actually is powerful. It's, a, it's got a powerful lobby group in every country in the world uh, that usually outnumbers the Congress or the parliament. Um, they have they, they finance probably 60 to 70% of the advertisements on mainstream media. Um, there's sort of an open door policy between government and pharma, which is really interesting. And so it, that's what studying that sort of surface level of that was what made me think, there's something deeper and darker, more powerful behind this, because how could these guys continually commit grave crimes against humanity again and again and again, and fraud and corruption and silencing people and you know all these things that we all kind of intuitively know about or have heard about in other documentaries and books? You know, I started cutting my teeth on this subject with like Eustace Mullins, Murder by Injection, um, or uh, Confessions of a Medical Heretic by Dr. Mendelssohn where he was a doctor in the 70s that came out and basically exposed the medical system as a, as a religion or a cult, as he said. So I kind of got the ideas, little pieces from that. And then I went, but there's a missing piece about how ancient this is. The ancient, the symbolism of it is what got me onto that, was when I went, well, let's just look at all the symbols that are used by these medical groups, these pharmaceutical companies, even the gene, you know, the, the Silicon Valley, a lot of people don't know that at Silicon Valley, it's not just all about computers. A lot of those companies are into genetics, gene tech, you know, you know, all these different companies, welcome trusts. And you go, wow, there's a big connection. Very powerful people are running this. So then I went, well, where does the, even the word hospital come from? And when I looked this up, I found that it originated with a group called the Knights Hospitallers which come out of the medieval period and were actually a military order of the Catholic church, meaning the Vatican. Okay. And what I'm going to say here is to sep I want to separate my comments from, you know, your average Catholics or Christians that are good hearted people that, you know, they're just trying to do what's right. 
and the institution of the Vatican, which is a totally different beast. And I had already been doing the research, thinking that it was separate, doing all this research on the ancient occult, the dark occult, the light occult, the good side, the bad side, and then also the secret society aspect of things, which was always very fascinating. And for anybody that thinks the secret societies thing is just a conspiracy theory, holy, you got a crash course ahead of you because it's definitely more real than you think. And I went, wow, does this do all these roads intersect somehow? Is this all separate instances and separate acts of or is there a sort of unifier to it all? And that's where I discovered the cult, which is there is a legitimate cult of the medics. It's not just hyperbole. It's not just a flashy headline. There's a legitimate cult. What's interesting is you look at the history of uh, the, the Knights Hospitallers and their alleged rivalry with the Templars, um, which is just to me surface stuff, you know, little skirmishes and whatnot. But deeply behind the doors, these guys are all connected. Um, when you look at that history, you see, okay, these guys were Knights Hospitallers, but where did they come from? Well, they came from an order called the Order of St. John of Jerusalem, which is connected to a group called the Benedictines. Well, that would put this cult, this group, this chivalric order, that's the military branch of the Vatican, that would put them at a more ancient date than the Templars, because everybody talks about the Templars, which are huge, but uh, that makes them a very ancient group. And when you find out that this group, they were known as mendicants and apothecaries, apothecaries being people from the ancient medieval period that have the knowledge of herbs and poisons and different uh different, you know, I guess, uh, drugs and whatnot, thinking going back to like groups like the Assassins, you know, like Assassin's Creed, they're telling you the whole story there. Um, and you go, wow, these people have a deep knowledge of nature. And obviously that can be a positive thing and a negative thing. It, it, knowledge is just knowledge. When you get into the world of what we call the occult, that word occult is talking about the occultation that happens with the sun and the moon, you know, when you've got eclipses, solar and lunar eclipses. So you're, you're hiding something from the view it's been occulted. So occult knowledge is just hidden knowledge. That's all it is. And there were many reasons for this knowledge, this ancient mystery knowledge to be hidden on a, on a positive note. It wasn't all evil. There was reasons why they had to hide it because these different groups had to hide this knowledge uh, from, you know, being prosecuted by these different popes, Kings, monarchs, etc., throughout history. And then on the dark side, when a lot of these groups got infiltrated um, by what I think would be the dark magician cults uh, who wanted to basically, just on a simple level, use that knowledge to gain power and control over resources right, and people. Um, when you put all that together, you realize that there's a very old story here to our medical system that no doctor is going to know about. Nobody's taught this stuff because it's all very compartmentalized. People believe that all this weird witchcraft occult stuff went away with like the industrial revolution or something, uh, which is total nonsense. Um, you know, you find out that a lot of the top materialist scientists that are out there, uh, especially these guys from the Royal Academies or the Royal Society, etc., who are meant to be the great men of science, were into the dark occult. They were, or not even just the day, were into occulted knowledge. They were into mystical traditions. And so what does that do to the, the average scientist's view that their forefathers were just these guys that were rational materialists, whereas that, that's just the surface. Behind the scenes, these guys are into these occult magical traditions. So that was interesting. And so, um, you know, tracking the history of this, you realize that 
the the whole bit about the Rockefeller syndicate, uh, I talk about this in chapter six, that more people are familiar with, right? Like the Rockefeller medicine, they took the petrochemicals and they started creating these pharmaceutical drugs. Uh, he bought up all the different investors and companies and basically created a, um, a total takeover of the medical system. They routed out all the health, holistic health practitioners, and they started creating this new army of medical scientists that were taught by them because they owned the universities, they owned the publishing companies, they owned the journals that did the peer review process. Um, they owned they owned it right from top to bottom. And again, it wasn't all evil, but you realize that it was centrally controlled. It was centrally taken over. And that's where we started to see doctors coming out from all over, like Mendelssohn was one and many other doctors for decades have been coming out, uh, complaining about how they're being censored from practicing real medicine because they have all these colleges that oversee everything that they do. So they can't, if they speak out against the uh, doctrine of the college, it's like they become a medical heretic. They're, they're, they're banished, they're kicked out. And so it operates like a very culty thing, which to me flies in the face of the actual scientific process, doesn't it? Because real science is the process of discovering the truth about something, right? So why, like, and we're seeing this, what I'm telling you, if this sounds crazy to people, we just witnessed this happen in two years, didn't we? They right before the pandemic, they changed the definition of what a pandemic is to suit this whole, their ability to be able to declare it as a pandemic. It, under the old definition of the World Health Organization's pandemic, they wouldn't have been able to get away with calling what we just experienced an actual pandemic. Does anybody know that? It doesn't even meet the basic qualifiers. So they had to change the definition of a pandemic. They did the same thing with the vaccine, change the definition of what a vaccine actually is and what it does uh, from the original four basic criteria of what a vaccine should be if they're going to qualify it as a vaccine. Well, they changed the definition right before. Interesting. And so who has the power to do this? And that's what connects into the fact that I think when you boil it all down, um, all roads lead to Rome. And there's actually an organization called the Club of Rome that I talk about that, is, uh, that was built by this Knights Hospital or group, which I forgot to mention is now called the Knights of Malta. Um, they're still a legitimate organization. You can go to their website. They, they have this thing of where they're philanthropists and they're just out there helping to do good in the world and work on the mission of Jesus and all this stuff. But I think what these guys are, uh, not all of them, obviously, not every guy in the group is in on it, but there's a group within these groups that um, they hold themselves to an ancient religion that is nothing even close to what your average Catholic would assume we're talking about here. It goes back to some ancient Setian cults coming out of ancient Egypt. Um, and that's why you see Egyptian symbolism all over everything, by the way. And, uh, and then with the symbolism aspect, the door opens because when you see all the serpentine symbolism all over everything and you see, uh, you know, the bull of Hygieia and you see the mortal and pestle and you see these shields all over the place. Everything is a shield, blue shield. What is a shield? Well, in the conscious mind, someone sees a symbol of a shield and they think knight in shining armor, protecting me from disease, protecting me from illness. But a shield also shields you from view. So it's also a, a symbol that means hiding something. You're hiding behind a shield. And so there's two ways to look at all of these different things. So um, for me, I'm going, well, number one, why are they using ancient occult symbolism all over our medical industry? 
Number one, of all the symbols they could use, why not invent even new symbols? Why do they go with the ancient stuff? Well, that's because the ancient stuff works on our, our, uh, our, our deep subconscious mind. And they're also telling you who they are. They're telling you in plain view who they are. Uh, they have to tell you. I believe that's also part of sort of the way they look at this ritualistically. So I roll all this kind of deep history of the occult, the dark occult, the secret societies, the, the players. And we get very specific too. Like when I started looking up at the, the lists of people who were members of the Knights of Malta, who, by the way, where the Iron Cross, which is just an unfolded pyramid, has nothing to do with Christianity, just so you know. Um, it, you'd get people like M Mussolini or uh, Evelyn Rothschild, right? Everybody's like, oh, the Rothschilds run the world. Really? They go get on their knees and swear allegiances to these uh, chivalric orders coming out of Rome and the Vatican. So they're just the money managers. They're, they're low on the totem pole, right? They, well, I'm telling you guys who the real, in my opinion, power players are. You can get into these Amalfi merchants and the Sicilian families and whatnot. Um, and so you really start to see there's a big picture here, the groups. And I could go on and on, by the way, all half of Hitler's regime. We're all Knights of Malta, uh, you know, Goebbels, all these guys. Uh, we're all Knights of Malta. And, you, and then you see there's a massive connection between what went down in Nazi Germany, in the Soviet Union. And what went down with this medical system and the fact that they're all connected to the Vatican. I even have a book right here called The Vatican Rat Lines that's talking about that Operation Paperclip event that a lot of people might be familiar with, where after the World War II, they brought in all these uh, top Nazi scientists into America and Argentina and Canada. And a lot of these guys were not just brought in to build, you know, NASA or the CIA or any of these other things. Um, and they were also injected into the pharmaceutical industry. If you follow the history of like IG Farben, which is was brought to trial at Nuremberg for crimes against humanity, that same lineage of IG Farben was what created the pharmaceutical company known as Bayer, which their symbol is a cross with a circle surrounding it. And I found that uh, interesting because that's actually an ancient symbol for the Temple of Solomon, which again, brings us back to a, an ancient occult connection. And then you look at their track record of the amount of bodies that of, uh, are, are lying at their feet. And you just start to get the picture that these guys are, um, they're hiding behind the light. They're hiding behind the institutions that we trust intuitively. We trust the religious institutions. You know, I'm talking about humans because we think these are the guys that protect my soul. They protect my afterlife, right? And then we go to the medics because these are the guys that, uh, you know, protect my physical survival. And we don't realize that that medical system is cradle to grave control over your body. You get the white coat Templar to bring you into the world. And then you get the black coat Templar to take you out of the world. It's as simple as that. They've got you from life, moment of life. You're born in a hospital, you die in a hospital and they control both ends of that spectrum. So I just want to know more about who these people are and whether or not all of their intentions are purely good for the best interests of humanity. And I just have yeah. one more caveat to say, I'm not attacking all doctors and nurses as being a part of an ancient Luciferian cult. Mm. It's a very small group of people. Um, it's very compartmentalized. It's run like the military, which is another hint at the fact that we're dealing with these ancient chivalric orders, that they run it compartmentalized like the military is. So everybody in there is on a need to know basis. They've they train you from university all the way up. They run the publishers, the journals, like I said. 
They control the media. They're the most powerful, profitable industry in the world. That is, has, uh, let's just put it like this. They have total immunity because they have total sovereignty. Because that Knights of Malta group, a lot of people don't know, they sit on the United Nations as a nation, okay? And they have total legal immunity around the world. They have their, they're basically their own country. That's what they are. So when, when people start to go, how are they able to just roll into my country and take over and bypass my constitution and bypass the Nuremberg Code? How, who are these people walking in there where you get this little, you know, uh, medical person going, okay, guys, we're just going to have to take all your freedom away in order to save you from the virus. Who has that kind of power? Well, I just told you who does. Yeah, man, right on. Uh, Ryder, uh, I know I've got a few questions for you, David. Ryder, you got anything before we uh, get to those? Uh, yeah, I think it was just interesting about the symbolism uh, that you're, aspect that you're talking about, you know, like with the, with the caduceus, you know, the caduceus is on hospitals, it's on ambulances, you know, and the snake has always been regarded as something evil and something bad, but and then you're thinking, well, why is it on something that is supposed to be good for us if it's actually bad? What's your thoughts on uh, what the caduceus actually represents? Well, that's a good question. Um, well, first of all, with symbolism, it's always dual, right? So um, serpent in the ancient Egyptian uh, tradition wasn't looked at as an evil symbol. It was looked at as a symbol of wisdom. Right. So it's also attributed with wisdom. I mean, there's even a statement from the Christ in the Bible that says, be ye wise as serpents. It's like, whoa, what's up with that? Is he on the, uh, but they're, they're talking about that because um, they looked at the serpent as, first of all, the reptilian species versus the mammal species. So that's where we got the idea that it's evil. You know, you're out walking around, a snake's going to bite you and you're dead. Right. Uh, also snake venom was used in biological warfare back in the middle ages. It's, it's, it's interesting. So there's a dualistic thing to the symbolism for me. The caduceus itself could literally just be a symbol for talking about the inner internal process uh, where you've got the two serpents twisting around the staff of your spinal cord, which is symbolizing that kundalini energy of raising up your spiritual energy to the crown, to the, to the head, to the base, to uh, basically create that illumination concept. This goes back to India. There's a whole thing with that on a metaphorical level where they look at it as a symbol of this is the serpentine energy of the, your body, your bioenergy. So that could be a positive symbol if in that regard. But what I've learned a long time ago is that this dark occult, they can't create anything of themselves. They don't have that ability to do that. Uh, the psychopath doesn't have empathy. And if, this, and if you don't have empathy, you don't have creativity. So if you're just a predator that looks at humanity as being uh, 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 basically your enemy, which is how I believe these people look at it, even if you want to say these guys are members of the human race or not, they don't see themselves like us. These elites never have. They've always been their own little group. And then there's the, the little you know, rest of humanity. So what they do is they hijack knowledge. They hijack what good people created for positive purposes and they wield that. Like even the pyramid symbol that everybody associates with the Illuminati. There's nothing evil about pyramids. There's nothing evil about a pyramid with an all-seeing eye. That used to be the symbol for God, right? That's why it works. But what does that Illuminati, the real Bavarian Illuminati, that goes way back in history before some German little group, um, what, why do they use that symbol? 
because they're telling you, we hijacked this knowledge. We own this territory. This is our symbol now. And it also has a calming effect to say, yeah, we are the gods. Because if humanity looks at these symbols as like positive religious symbols, they look at it as, well, then we're going to co-op those symbols. We've taken over that whole thing. We run your institutions. We run and control your religions. We run all these charities while we're protecting a criminal racket like you couldn't believe. But we'll put those religious symbols in front of you so that you're blinded by the light. That's how it, that's what illumination is. And that's how they roll. So I just want to say that, that when we look at symbolism, there's always many interpretations. But I'm always curious about what is the interpretation behind that Black Lodge door? How do they see that symbol? And why are they using it to basically tell people who they are? And I think that's, again, part of that ritual magic where they have to tell you what they're doing in order to achieve some kind of karmic balance is basically the way I think they see it. Yeah, and it's mocking, mocking us, right? The, the mockery, absolutely, yes. For sure, man. Now, I want to get uh, your thoughts on a lot of revelations that independent researchers like yourself have been coming out with since the whole pandemic uh, broke, and we've seen some of these players like Fauci and Gates come on the scenes. Uh, there's been uh, a lot of scrutiny into their past and into what has people have considered diseases and ailments like cancer and AIDS, and it seems that if you just don't go to the doctor, if you don't get the pre-screening, if you don't take the AZT, you'll be fine. Uh, but if you end up going to a doctor or a hospital, you just might die. So uh, that seems on par for our medical industry and what I've learned about it over the past few years, that basically, you know, humans, we, we have very few basic things that our bodies need to stay healthy. Uh, good, healthy food that's not poisoned uh, from every end, sunlight, exercise, and, you know, a good spiritually, you know, balanced life with, uh, with healthy actions in it and, uh, you know, just treat people right. But uh, the, you're led to believe that you have to go to doctors or take pharmaceuticals or take drugs to feel good. Or if you have an ailment, you got to take this pill to, to cure it. When in reality is we have everything we need ourselves, right? Yeah, that's right. And good points. And I agree. I agree that, you know, first of all, I'll say Western medicine was on a trajectory to become the most incredible, uh, incredible system for health we'd ever seen in the world. It was on that trajectory. And I think a lot of people, the problem is they believe that it became that, but it got hijacked. It got hijacked as all the great systems do. Because again, remember that dark side doesn't have their own creativity. So they just hijack and copy and paste what good people build. And then they turn it into something that works out better for them. So what they did was take a system that was going to use the best technology in science, our understanding of, of biology and everything else and psychology that could have turned into a, a better system that would have integrated holistic and Eastern and Ayurvedic and all these things to help that process that you're talking about. Uh, and then it got, it basically got hijacked by a criminal cabal is, is basically what I'm saying. So um, there are many things within that Western medicine, medical system that are positive, but that's because that's how they have to roll. They can't just go in there and have a 100% evil uh, agenda of just killing everybody it touches like that obviously wouldn't work out. They have to form that trust 
first. So they do a lot of great things. That's why these knights are all into these charities and all that kind of stuff. Meanwhile, they're all involved in human trafficking and worse. And uh, you go, wow, like think of the Red Cross. This is a big one that I said. First of all, it's a Red Cross. What does that tell you? Um, and you go, that's a Templar cross, by the way. And you go, okay, what's this Red Cross? Oh, yeah, they're just about we donate our blood to help our fellow man. You know, when you go in the hospital, you need a blood transfusion or we need blood. Uh, you know, people are picking up car accident victims every day and they need blood. But when you find out that blood has become a business, has become an industry where they only give 20% of your blood plasma to the hospitals for these types of transfusions. Well, what happens to the other 80% of all the blood that the world is donating all the time to this Red Cross? Well, the Red Cross sells it to the pharmaceutical industry for research and to create drugs out of it to sell back to you, right? And so, you know, that's why I put in some bits from Dr. Judy Mikovits where she was trying to expose the world, the fact that there was a contaminated blood supply with all these uh, different types of bloodborne viruses that were all created and manufactured by these people in labs. Um, and so you go, wow. So that, that Red Cross, the, the instinct in the average person is, I want to do good. I want to help. I'll give my blood to help somebody that's in need. They prey on your virtue, right? But then you realize, oh, wait, they're selling 80% of it to the pharmaceutical industry of all people. And it's like a human farming enterprise, right? They're farming your blood. They're making money and profit off of it. And they're profiting also off of the diseases that you're going to get after getting that blood and all this other, these vaccines, these drugs. So it's a, it's a criminal enterprise to profit off of death and disease in the end. Okay. That doesn't mean every individual working in these areas feels that way or operates like that, but it's, they're all, it's a pyramid. It's a, a compartmentalized pyramid where you have a central control group. That's where we have to look at that. The people at the bottom level are just peons. They don't understand what they're really working towards. And um, so what the antidote to all of this is, is this was the advice of Dr. Mendelssohn, where he said, just if you can stay out of a hospital, stay the hell away from the hospital. Like if in West, if you get broke, break a leg, if you get an injury or you need an emergency surgery, there's no better place to go. Honestly, they're the best in the world at doing that. I've had broken noses and broken knees and wrists and they were there and I'm grateful for them. Um, and there's a lot of good doctors and a lot of good nurses out there. Okay. But they just don't know what kind of big system they're involved in. And now they're getting a crash course in it as they're watching how they all got fired from their jobs for not taking this experimental jab. They all got betrayed by the people that they used to look up to and work for. They're all realizing that they're being told a pack of lies by these medical advisors that are not working on the best interest of humanity the way a lot of them wanted to. And so um, even I've heard doctors tell me, don't go to the hospital unless you absolutely need to, all right? That's coming from them. So that's interesting. Why would these people exist that are telling me not to go and, and be a part of that, right? So um, you, you don't need all of this. I'm here to tell you, you don't need the cult of the medics. You know, we could, we could actually have a total revolution within our healthcare systems, which is, is happening because of the COVID thing, where a lot of these doctors and nurses that got kicked aside are creating privatized healthcare, where they're just consulting people over Zoom and they're giving people other advice. And now we're seeing people turn away, just like they're turning away from the mainstream media to alternative media. They're turning away from the mainstream healthcare system for alternative healthcare. Um, that's becoming a big thing, which I think is positive. So, and all health, you think about it, health isn't something that's achieved by intervening all the time. 
right? Intervening constantly. Oh, you have some pain in your stomach. Let's just cut your append. Let's just cut something out of you. Let's give you some drugs, right? Like it's just, it's endless. You don't need that. You just need what you said, which is it's an inside job. It's a lifestyle. It's a habit. Health starts with your mental health, right? And spiritual health, because there's a massive impact just so people know about your, your state of mind and your health. Okay. And then like you said, you're like a plant. You need the sunlight. You need so, uh, nutrient-rich soil. You need to be water. You need all these things. So what this is really teaching humanity is that we only got abused by this dark cult because we gave up personal sovereignty. We gave up personal responsibility for our own lifestyle. We wanted to eat all the crap that's advertised to us 24-7 and still survive and stay healthy. And because we weren't willing to give up one, we ended up with, well, there's the cult of the medics waiting for you, right? With that black robe ready to take you to the end of the world, right? So it's because we gave them our power. It's the, isn't it the same with the political situation as well, right? Instead of making individual decisions and, and, and having freedom and your constitution written inside of you, we looked at it as, oh, it's the government that's going to be able to take care of all of that. Well, look how badly they've abused it. And that's, that's a trend through history, by the way. It's nothing new. Um, and so giving away our power to these people is why they're able to do it. And I think that's actually the game. I don't think these guys are able to just go out and do a 100% takeover or a, tell you a 100% lie. They have to get your consent. That's the whole thing. They get, so they manufacture your own consent. And then if you fall for the lie, they believe they have the right to do as they will with you and use you as a resource, Right. And whereas if we pull away from that and go, no, I'm going to take care of my health now, and I'm going to work with the people that I trust, be it a doctor or be it a Reiki master, I don't care. I'm going to take my health into my hands. And if you do that, you won't need to set foot in a hospital unless somehow you get injured or you get in an accident or something like that. And, and even then you got to keep them off of you to not jab you with like 16 different shots or something, or, or get you convinced that you need surgery or whatever, when you don't. Like even, uh, I even know guys that are athletes in uh, martial arts that they uh, realized that so many guys they know after they would have knee injuries would go get knee replacement surgery or hip replacement surgery. And yet there's guys that came out and went, I'm not going to do the surgery. I'm going to try some of these alternative, uh, you know, training techniques and body re enhancement techniques and stuff. And they were able to fully recover full use of their knee without surgery. So they kind of went, wow. So that whole thing is kind of a scam because a lot of guys are never the same after those surgeries. So it's just so many elements of this are coming out now. That's actually very liberating because that's the good news that health can be achieved even it, it, without having all these shots and drugs and surgeries. There's other ways of doing it. It's just that that method was sold to the public as being the only way. And all that other stuff is quackery and you don't want to hear from them. But that's because that's part of the business model. They profit off of you believing that nonsense. So that's why I'm here to say, you're not alone in this fight, guys. There have been great, brilliant, genius minds that have come out and exposed this for decades, if not centuries, and have told you, you don't need these guys. You can be healthy and free with your, as long as you take care of yourself and, and learn how to take care of yourself. Um, and so that's my goal is to tell people there's an alternative path that will uh, change your life. And you'll actually have more health than you can possibly imagine. Um, and you just look at the comparison 
of people that live a healthy lifestyle to the people that don't and take all these drugs. You tell me who's got a better survival rate and who's actually healthy in the end. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. And now Ryder made a point earlier, a good point that uh, basically the whole Russia situation killed COVID. But I don't know, man. They uh, they spent so much time, money, and energy into uh, manufacturing this poison to inject all into everybody. Uh, it seems like they spent too much time and energy to just let it go by the wayside. I'm thinking that maybe in the fall or somewhere we may see a return of COVID because, uh, you know, that's a lot of uh, jabby jabs they still need to get out there. Uh, and I also want to get your thoughts on what is behind the jabby jab. There's plenty of theories. We've already seen plenty of adverse effects and deaths and, and cardiovascular issues and even some some high strangeness woo-woo stuff going on be, uh, surrounding the vaccine. I want to get your thoughts on to what you think it is in the grand scheme of things. Oh, good questions. And just so you know, Ryder is is right. You're both right. Um, they, they, they did use the Ukraine thing in a way that everybody was like, whoa, what? Ha- we're not talking about COVID anymore. It's just gone. And it, 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 so it was that that weirdness that you noticed, Ryder. It, it was a good notice because it actually kind of sh- tells you everything you need to know. It was kind of like the George Floyd protests that were going on in the summer of 2020. Remember the summer of love where everybody was burning everything down and killing well, the everybody? Whole, the whole George Floyd thing, the only way that they were able to push the COVID narrative through, through the summer was with George Floyd. You know, it made everyone forget about that they are all locked down in their freaking house and that they've just given up their job and they can't do all the things that they normally went out and did. You know, they couldn't go to the movies. They couldn't go bowling. They couldn't go to the bar. You know what I mean? So the whole well, you could go to the Floyd, protest. Yeah, that was you, what was weird. Like, exactly. I was like, Weird. Justin Trudeau has no problem going out in a sea of thousands of people where we're supposed to be socially distancing and he's going to go hang out with them, get on his knee, do the whole song and dance. But he wouldn't even come out to have a conversation with these truckers at all who were very peaceful and didn't do anything wrong and just mad at him for breaking Canadian law. Weird. So these contradictions were huge. But the reason I brought George Floyd was that 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 was one event that, as you said, distracted everybody from something else, kind of gave people an outlet for a while, right? Because they're all pent up. And this elite knows very well, they need to have ways of letting humans come out and, and, and vent their frustrations for a while. And then everybody will just go back home and go back to sleep, right? They know this. Um, and they also know how to foment division in society, which is a massive sign that we're dealing with an agenda politically, is they want to keep everybody divided. So what, what better mechanism than to bring the race card back and make it look like there's something happening there. And, um, you know, so there was that. The Ukraine thing was, again, I think that was, there's there's many, we could do a whole podcast on Ukraine. Uh, there's many elements to it. I, I do think that uh, the way that I follow the media cycle, the way the media tries to report this stuff. And when they're suddenly taking the, remember the, how for the whole time they had the little tickers on the bottom of the media telling you how many cases, how many deaths, remember that? And then when Ukraine kept they, they got rid of that so that you could tell they wanted to shift your focus. And I'm not saying that all that Ukraine stuff didn't happen. And it was like some big illusion. I, it, something happened over there, but it just wasn't what they told you. Cause I mean, come on, they were splicing in star Wars footage and video game footage and all that stuff. So that was really weird, but it did kind of take everybody's attention off COVID for a while. And then notice that they, 
they crept it back. And now actually they're back there again, because the narrative of Ukraine actually worked against them because we found all those US funded bio labs over there and all this dirt on a bunch of politicians. And you find out, oh my God, Ukraine is where they did the first stem cell research and they did the first aborted fetal cell stuff. And they did the, and there's all this, like there's human trafficking there. There's all this corruption there. There's Hunter Biden laptops and deals. And there's a something about Ukraine they're hiding. And that's, and the whole, the fact that it's run by the, the Azov battalion Nazis and the whole thing that started coming out. And so the media is like, okay, back away from this, back away. What's the next card in the deck? Well, they can either go with climate change, which honestly was already getting pummeled by legitimate research uh, and exposed to the public right before COVID, right? Because don't forget, we had the whole Greta Thunberg fiasco going on uh, and all this stuff, Al Gore and all that coming back uh, right before COVID. And, and the, honestly, the public didn't really bite down the way they were hoping. So they kind of went, all right, shelf the climate change thing, switch to the pandemic threat. And now that they've created the pandemic threat and that they established in the mind of the public that anytime we tell you there's a scary virus out there, we get to violate your rights, shut down your economy and, and build more draconian laws into your country. Um, they training, it's a training process. And then when that started to fall down and all the Pfizer docs started to come out and all these doctors and nurses from all over the world were happening and the trucker convoy was happening and inspiring the whole world to fight back. They went, whoa, whoa, turn over to Ukraine, create the narrative about what's going on. And so to me, I look at it like they're creating cards in a deck. And once they've created the card, they can pull it back and play a different card. And then when that one's not really working, they can pull that and switch back to that other card. Because remember, they know that human, the memory isn't good. They know that they can just keep the news cycle changing and it's like that meme where everybody's like, I just support the latest thing, whatever it is, like that uh, program. They know how to play this game with you on a psychological level. Okay. Yeah, I call it information overload. They just yep. hit you with everything all at one time. They get your memory all screwed up, you know? And it's fog of war, right? So you, you don't know what weighs up. Even the alternative movement. I mean, we're kind of all fighting over what is it? Is it, is it that it's, there's no virus, that it was all statistical fraud? Or was it a virus, like they said, and it was made in a weapon lab in Wuhan? Or, or was it part of it made in Ukraine? And that's why they don't want you to know about that? Or, or was it 5G? The, or was it 5G? Or was it, I, don't, I don't think it's only that. I, what I think is it's a combination of things, okay? And, um, you know, so you sit back and either way, we're all kind of like, oh, oh, what's what? what? And if they can keep you there, then they can just, they can control the situation, right? The, the fog of war, the confusion that happens. And so, yeah, there's so many elements to that question that you brought up there. And um, I think that I look at it, like I said, as cards in the deck where they just shuffle it around, they play what they want. I think they're going to be switching now right back into COVID. We're already hearing about another bird flu or some crap coming. They're, they're trying to create that narrative. So they're going to bring out what the Megatron variant next or something. Um, and, but the thing is though, is that the way I see this working against them is people have been, a, there's a lot of people that have been awake for at least a year now. Okay. Like there was some of us that knew this from the beginning and then some of us that woke up later, right? The vaccine damage is also happening in the general public. So people are witnessing, even if they're trying to deny it at first, they're witnessing people that they know have a total change after taking these shots. And it's not hitting everybody, which means I think they've done this on an experimental level where the full pop isn't in every shot. It's right. done on a level where they can 
Because again, if they if they put a hundred percent of this poison in every shot, everybody would just die, and it wouldn't look too good, would it? Yeah, they so, need plausible deniability, right? Exactly, yeah. and the symptoms of the shot are they can just go, oh, all those soccer players all over the world that are like dropping dead, and tennis players, yeah, newscasters, yeah, that we've never seen before. Uh, that that oh, it's just you know what <laughs> I love when they try to say, here's all the re- it's climate change. Climate change. So they use the climate change card a little bit to explain the vaccine damage. And then they use other, oh, you know what? We just don't, there's all these underlying heart conditions going around in top athletes in their prime for some weird reason. It must be because of, you know, something else. Like it can't be the vac. Like you're not even allowed to think at all that it's the Because they're playing outside, bro. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> you see how that game is played? You know how. So you see yeah. the game being played and, 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 but guess what? People aren't falling for it, man. Uh, the more people I talk to, I'm talking to old grannies at these protests in, in where I live and they know about Klaus Schwab and Bill Gates and the depot. They know about it all. They're walking around with signs of the Georgia Guidestones. They're like, what the hell is this doing still standing? And uh, they get it. They get it that there's something happening. So if they have all these people that have been awake to these things for at least a year's time now that weren't awake before, right? And then that's on top of the people that have always been awake. Um, now they have a problem because they're racing against time because it's only a matter of time before critical mass is achieved in, in showing people what's really happening. And now there's legal action t- being pushed all over the world. The only thing holding back the exposure of this is the fact that these courts are captured and corrupted and they've got their players in, but they didn't get everybody, not everybody in these courts and in these positions are corrupt. So they're in a position where, I think there's even battling going on within their own ranks, right? There's people wanting to jump ship. There's So we're in a different game now today than we were even six months ago or a year ago or two years ago. What if and- all this stuff is completely intentional, David? What if they're doing all of this intentionally so that we ourselves collapse the system? So therefore, they are not the ones to blame. Because if they were the ones that collapse the system and didn't make it look like it was our fault, then they would have to take responsibility. But if we, if they make it look like we intentionally collapse the system by rising up and, uh, you know, taking everything down, then they're not to blame. Hey, it's a good thought. It's a good thought. I mean, I'm not saying when I just, I mean, I personally don't think that all of the evidence of all these individual things would add up to that being the thing. If that ended up being true, though, I would still say, Let's show up and fight this. Like, I don't want any idea out there for people that they're going to sit back and go, oh, yeah, see, it's all hopeless. It's all fake. It's all this. So even if it is, I say, yeah, still show up. You know, it's like um, I tell people about I was watching The Lord of the Rings with my my 10 year old for the first time. She hadn't seen it before. So we went through them all. And there's that one scene. I think it's in the third uh, installment, Return of the King, where um, uh, what's his name? The King of Gondor at the time was saying to his men. Because they're all telling him, look, it's hopeless. You know, the, we didn't get the support troops that we needed. We got all the armies of Mordor marching on us right now. We're outnumbered. It's a hopeless case. There's nothing we can do. And the king looks at them all and he goes, you're right. But we're going to ride out to meet them nonetheless. Right. And so that mindset is where I'm coming in to say, yep, it could all be fake. It could all be staked. They could try to corral us into a corner. They could try to make us look like we're taking down the system. 
Uh, but we're going to we're going to fight this anyways, because it's not about taking down the system. It's about routing out the corruption within the system. And let's just put that in, as a theory that let's say they are using this as a way to get us to take the system down, even though there's plenty of signs of them trying to do this controlled demolition for for decades now. But if, if they're going to use us to, to do it, we are still standing here. They haven't gotten their shots into everybody. The propaganda hasn't worked on everybody. And if we are trying to fight back by uh, doing it, you know, in a way where we're able to hopefully achieve some justice and all of that, um, that doesn't mean our side is going to tear the whole system down for them. It just means we're going to expose them, remove them and replace them with people that uh, are better suited for those jobs. And so they are still fighting against us, even if they were hoping for their strategy to work where they could corral us into a position where we take it down. I think what's happening right now is there's two controlled implosions. One is from their great reset that they want to achieve. So they have to slowly control demolition, the economy, and then they go, oh, we'll put the new economy in. And then I think we already want that system to crap crumble down because it, it was already a fiat federal reserve powerful banking dynasty family system anyways. So it's always going to be about whatever happens to that corrupt system, what's going to replace it. And that's the two trains that we're on that are racing towards the finish line right now. One is that great reset and one is that great awakening. Which one's going to win? Well, we're all, <laughs> we're all sitting here with bated breath, hoping to see. And so we have to fight back somehow. So I just say, be aware of that. Let's keep that as a possibility that that could be what's happening and fight accordingly, right? But at the same time, don't go, oh, they're too big and powerful. They're probably trying to, they're probably smarter than us and are putting, and so therefore we're not going to do anything. There's two extremes is all I'm trying to say. Yeah, I think and they've I think, already, you know, uh, I think they've already thrown their, their heavy hitters at us, the, the, their biggest plans. I think they're out of uh, agendas to throw at us. And I think that the majority of people aren't even falling for it anymore. So they're backed yeah. into a corner and I don't see where they can go from here. And I see more and more people coming around, waking up to this every day. It's a beautiful thing. And they're trying to suppress the information about how many people are, uh, you know, coming out against this and not participating right. with the system. It is hard to tell, you know, how many, you know, of in this community or, are not participating and and part of the awakening and how many people are still sleeping and part of the 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 reset mentality like you were saying and i think that's all by design but i do have hope that more people than we could ever imagine are part of the awakening end and i think we see we see proof of that with all the the podcasts that are coming out all the information all the researchers that like yourself uh new information coming out every day and that's very encouraging to me. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I agree. It's good to have that caution, Ryder. I agree. We have to keep all these things on the table. That's what's challenging about this time is that we're kind of looking at a big mystery here that we have to try to get the handle on. But to your point there was that um, one thing I learned a long time ago as in, in martial arts and in fighting and competing was that you don't just look at the shots that you land. Okay. You look at the effect those shots have, or you look at the, your opponent's gas tank. If you notice 
you start to notice details about how their body language is and whether or not you've, you've got them. Cause that's very key to knowing when the victory is going to come or when you should pounce in and, and, you know, go at it. And so I'm bringing up that example because that's how I see the, the, what, how we have to analyze this, this whole thing, especially with the media. So when they start becoming overly defensive about certain talking points that they themselves created, that's a sign that they are receiving pressure from those talking points by people not tuning into them anymore, exposing them. And they're, we're, we've put them into a defensive position and they're not used to being there. CNN and the big M- media, they're not used to being in a defensive position. They're used to just dominating the field because it is rigged, right? Even with this election fraud, they thought that if they uh, just kind of pounced on everybody and put the narrative out that these guys are just sore losers and they don't want to, they could, they could just rinse it out, but they haven't gone away. In fact, it's getting worse for them on that front. And if they prove that election fraud in America, well, what's going to happen? Like the whole world is going to start to go, holy crap, they did steal it, which means it's possible, which means maybe they stole our elections, which is how we all got into the situation where all of our governments were acting in coordinated fashion at the same time. That's, that kind of helps with that, right? So I watch the media and I watch how they react to things. And when I see them diverting attention, like we were just talking about, that means they were losing on that narrative and they had to switch the narrative, right? Which means that's a sign of something that's positive. Um, and then just to look, I'm in a unique position because I interview these people. I, I do shows, I go on many podcasts and I communicate with people from all over the world. They send me emails, we talk, we share and one, and I jump on these like little chats and telegram chats and things. And you just get a pulse of just how many people are seeing what's going on. I, I could have never imagined if this was two years ago, three years ago, I would still be sitting there going, we got a long way to go to wake up humanity, at least to this. Right. Yeah. And now I'm sitting there going, oh, wow. I have never seen this many people onto this and on looking at it intensely. Um, I'm contacted by lots of different people from different industries that are all like, you know, this is legit. This is happening. We know this is happening. And now I think we're all at the point where we're beyond analyzing the problem. It, it doesn't matter how they attacked us and what the deliver, how it all, it's the fact that we all kind of know we got attacked. We know we were bamboozled and now everybody's like, well, what are we going to do? And what I like to see is that people are coming up with grassroots local solutions which is what I think we need to do. Because if this is a globalist agenda where they want to take over literally the control of all the positions of power in the world under a central command, um, then our solution is local. That's how you fight them, right? You don't just go to the head of the snake. You start at the foundation because that's how they infiltrated our governments and our systems and our media was they started at the local city, town, province, state level, and then worked their way up. So we just have to reverse engineer that and go, well, if you're going to ban me from accessing food and services because of my medical status, then I'm going to coordinate with other citizens that feel as I do, that have skills, that are entrepreneurs, that are doctors or whatever. And we're going to create our own society where we're going to work together. We might even create our own bank. There's a groups here and where I live that are trying to create their own credit union where we can take our money out of the big banks and operate with our own little central bank system that's not run like the way the Rothschild banks are, but is just us. It's the people's bank the way it should be. And we all 
work together in that regard. Um, some people think the answer is more of a crypto thing. Some people think it's gold and silver. I don't even care. Just get out of the big system as best you can. And then we'll create our own food supply. So we've got people that are breaking out into these little pods where they're like, well, I'm a gardener or I'm a fisherman or I'm a hunter or I'm a farmer. And let's exchange. I'll exchange these goods for what you can offer. And so these little communities are forming all over the world right now because we were told the unvaccinated, the unclean, they're never going to be able to walk society ever again. We're going to make sure of it, you know? And so people are like, all right, fine. We're going to create a better system and we'll see what the real numbers are. Because I agree they're inflating the numbers of the sort of, I call them the COVIDians, the people mm. that drank the Kool-Aid and believe it. Um, and, and so I think we're, we are way more than they are. We are the majority. We're the silent majority. And when we start operating like that, what kind of confidence are people going to get? And I guess that's why I really loved and respected what happened with this trucker thing. Even though I know there's a lot of pessimists out there that think, oh, it was a big failure and it was just a psyop to draw you guys out. I'm like, nah, you're, you're not seeing the big picture. Um, Canada is a young country and we have never in our history had a movement like that before. And it actually gave a lot of people hope and it made people fall in love with their country again. And then I was contacted by American patriots because I got a lot of friends in the States as well that are like, we're with you. We got your back. And then I'm contacted by people in Europe that are like, we're with you. We got your back. And then I'm like, well, we got your back. And I'm like, wow, there's way more of us than they thought. There is way more than 3%, like what happened with the American revolution. And guess what? We could win this without firing a shot. All we have to do, take away our support, peaceful non-compliance, work within our own communities the way we should have been doing anyways, bring in self-governance, bring in a proper uh, system, connect to nature again. Uh, dude, like the technology's there, the minds are there, and we're not just dealing with a couple ragtag rebels. Some of the most smart, smartest people out there that come from even elite levels in society are, are part of this resistance. So uh, that's why I tell people it's not all doom and gloom. We definitely have a fight ahead of us. I'll tell you that. I don't think anybody imagined it was going to go to this level. I have a feeling it's only the beginning. Mm. But in the end, we're forging the destiny of the future of the human race right now. That's what this is, is the humanity is being put, having a, a question put in front of them. How do you want to live? Do you want to live as a slave or do you want freedom? Do you want to really be healthy or do you want to keep taking snake oil salesmen, you know, stuff? Um, it's all we're learning about choice and free will right now. And uh, so that's what gives me hope is all the amazing people fighting this all over the world. Right on, brother. That was fantastic information. Uh, we've got to do this. Uh, we've got to do this again sometime soon. Can't be as long next time. Uh, for the okay. audience that want to find out more about you, uh, check out the documentary. What's the best way that they can do so? Well, first of all, thanks, guys. I really enjoyed this conversation. Great points from both of you. Let's stay in touch. Um, if people want to follow my work, my main website is dwtruthwarrior.com. I do a live show every Monday. Um, and uh, then I also have my documentary series, which is you can find that at cultofthemedics.com. It's all there for free. And then for my premium podcast with Michael Tessarian, where we analyze these subjects on a very deep and advanced level, it's a paid project. Uh, less than a cup of coffee a, a month for access. And there's thousands of hours of, of top level information there. You can get all that over at unslaved.com. Uh, so that's where you can find me. My main social media is Telegram. That's where I have, I do most of my posts. So you can find me at t.me dwtruthwarrior. 
And uh, maybe one day uh, they'll let me back on Twitter or something because <laughs> I used to really hey. enjoy it. So. <laughs> yeah, well, it's under a new ownership, so now would be a good time. Awesome. Well, Ryder, uh, thank you for joining us. Ryder is host of Raised by Giants. Ryder, where can they find your stuff? Uh, at Raised by Giants on anywhere podcasts are served and on YouTube. Thank you so much, Chris, for inviting me on to co-host this with you. And thank you, uh, David. I appreciate you, brother. Hey, same sure. to you, man. Well done. That was great, guys. Thank you. Thank you both. And until next time, everyone have an excellent evening. We will be talking again this afternoon, actually. See you then.